Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 54. Hey, this is Tamika Montgomery from the Raising Entrepreneurs podcast. And if you want to have a network like mine, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be. Brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you're listening to this, then there's a good chance that you're serious about building your network. If that's you, and only if you're serious, you should definitely check out my Facebook group, Build Your Network Beta. If you want more personal engagement, proven connection strategies and tactics, and some awesome giveaways like shopping sprees, Beats headphones, etc., etc., then head on over to byn.media forward slash FB to join the group, or you can search Facebook groups for Build Your Network Beta and join there. And once you do, please be sure to introduce yourself and say what's up, and I will catch you there. 
And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Tamika Montgomery. Tamika is the founder of the podcast, Raising Entrepreneurs, a parent's guide to fostering an entrepreneurial mindset and the CEO of Core Strategy Partners. In 2013, President Obama appointed Tamika to lead the U.S. Small Business Administration's Office of Entrepreneurial Development, where she was responsible for a budget of more than $160 million to deliver training and technical assistance programming to the nation's 28 million small businesses. In 2015, Washington Post Online named Tamika one of the 19 most influential people in D.C. who can affect your small business. Tamika is a graduate of Spelman College and Columbia University, and she holds an honorary doctorate in entrepreneurship from Johnson & Wales University. Tamika lives with her husband, Jonathan, and their three young entrepreneurial sons. Tamika, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro a little bit and then tell us more about yourself. Yeah, no, thank you, Travis, for having me. So, yeah, you mentioned that one of the things, I guess one of my more recent things, is that I am the founder of a new podcast called Raising Entrepreneurs. And so I have spent up until I really about the last 17 years working in the space of entrepreneurial development on the local level as well as the national level. And now through the podcast, I'm helping other parents raise up their children to think and act entrepreneurially. So I'm excited about this new venture. I think it just, it really is kind of, it weaves together all of my experience over the last 17 years and hmm. bringing it all together with my own children. So I'm excited about that. So talk to me a little bit about how you were appointed to lead the Small Business Administration's Office of Entrepreneurial Development back in 2013. Because I know that a lot of times that kind of stuff doesn't just that wasn't you know typically like a goal that you might have maybe it just kind of happened or was it a goal and like were you pushing for that how did that actually come to fruition yeah you know it was not a goal it wasn't even on my radar screen to be honest so I'm originally from Colorado. So I live in Washington, D.C. now, but I'm from Colorado and at the time was living, I moved back to Colorado probably, I think it was in 2000, 2001. I had in fact been living for a couple of years here in the D.C. area. I was a what's called a presidential management fellow with the U.S. Department of Justice. And essentially that's a program that recruits people out of graduate school or law school to get on a fast track into the upper levels of government. And so I was finished my degree at Columbia, got into this presidential management fellows program, was in D.C. working for the Department of Justice for the Office of Juvenile Justice and did it for two years. The idea with the program is you get special perks over the two years. And after two years, their hope is that you will stay with the agency that's kind of invested into your development. But for me, I did the two years and I was like, OK, government work is really not for me. So I quit and I moved back to Colorado. And when I moved back to Colorado, I met a woman just met a woman who had acquired a 37-acre property. And her plan was to redevelop that property because it had a number of buildings on it. And so she wanted to redevelop that property. And one of the buildings on the property is about 26,000 square feet. And she wanted that redeveloped into a business incubator. And so when I met her, she asked me if I could develop the business incubator. And so this was in January of 2001. And I said, sure, 
I can do that. And so that is what got me into Colorado and Denver's small business community because I developed this business incubator as one of Denver's first inner city business incubators. And so what that included was we had to get the building done and refinish. I had to develop the programming, recruit the companies to come into the incubator. And as a result of kind of being in Denver's small business community, obviously, built up my network and my relationships. And after about three years with that organization, was had the opportunity. I left that organization and was hired to become the executive director of the Denver Metro Small Business Development Center, which was located at the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce. So I was doing that and enjoying my work supporting Denver small businesses and developing programs and such. And I did that for about seven years and loved the work that I was doing, and but also felt like it was time for me to move on. Well, it just so happened that that year, there are about 900 small business development centers across the United States. It's a program that's partially funded by the U.S. Small Business Administration. Well, back in 2012, the SBDC that I ran was named number one in the nation by the U.S. Small Business Administration. And I had gotten word that there was going to be a high-level SBA official that was going to be coming to Colorado for an event. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to meet this person. So this person came to Colorado and actually he there was an event in Colorado Springs, which is probably about maybe an hour away from Denver. So I drive up to Colorado Springs and I put together this bag of swag, you know, to give them. And so get there and I introduce myself to him and I say, hello, my name is Tamika Montgomery. I run the number one SBDC in the nation. <laughs> and so we just got to talking. And as we were talking, he said, you know, have you ever thought about working for the government? And I said, well, you know what? I was a presidential management fellow years ago. And uh, he said, oh, we love presidential management fellows. And I said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm made if I'm cut out for working for the government. And he said, "Well, when you come to DC, because the SBA was going to have this big award ceremony for all of the winners of the different, you know, SBA awards during Small Business Week." Yeah. So he said, "When you come to DC, let's meet and let's talk." So I was like, "Okay." So anyway, a few months later, so that was in March of 2012. In May, I went to D.C. for the celebration and met with him again, and we just got to chatting, and he was telling me that there was going to be an opportunity opening up at the SBA at its headquarters that he thought, you know, I should really consider and pursue. So I was like, okay, we'll see. Anyway, you know, go through the ceremonies, head back to Denver, and at that time, there was another position in Colorado that opened up as well. It was to be the executive director of the Leadership Foundation in Denver, Colorado. As well, that position that he mentioned opened up. And the position was to be, it was a career federal employee position. And it was to be over the Small Business Development Center program for the nation. So as I mentioned, I was a local small business development center of which there were not there are about 900. So this position was the opportunity to basically run the national SBDC program. So that position opened up 
hit the street. So I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I could consider that as a federal position because, you know, it was very different from kind of the entry level position that I had had many years ago with the Department of Justice. So I said, okay, well, let me apply for it. So I applied for that position and I applied for the foundation position. Well, Government takes a long time. (laughs) (laughs) No. Right. You know, nothing moves quickly in government. And so anyway, I was offered the position to lead this foundation. And the foundation essentially was a foundation that took business leaders and educated them on civic issues. And so it would take the top business leaders. And we had a number of different programs that we would do throughout for business professionals. So anyway, I got that position. And the day I started that job, I called the SBA and I said, hey, I want to pull my name from being considered. And they were like, oh, no, you're our number one candidate. Can you come out next week to interview? I was like, no, (laughs) you know, it's just I'm happy with the choice that I've made. Well, anyway, this gentleman, he calls me up and he says, Tamika, I heard he's like, oh, would you consider? I think you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, well, you know what? Can't do it. I'm good thank you, you know, for thinking of me, but moving on. So that was in August of 2012. Okay. And then a few months later, well, several months later, I guess, in March of 2013, he reaches out to me again and he says, you know, can we talk? And I was like, okay, sure. And I had no idea why he would call me because we didn't really know each other. You know, right, I, I right. we just had those kind of couple of encounters. And I said, sure. And he gives me a call and he says to me, you know that the president has gotten reelected. And I said, yes. And he said, you know, when we met, there was just something about you. And I felt like you would be really good for this agency. And he said, do you know how presidential appointments work? And I said, well, I know of them, but I don't really know how they work. Because you have to understand, you know, Living and working in Colorado and Denver is very different from being kind of in the D.C. metro area. You know, it's just it's a different vibe. Right. So I wasn't involved in politics like that. I wasn't participating on campaigns and doing all of that, you know, national campaigns and things of that sort. That wasn't my background. And so when he asked me that, I said, well, you know, I know what they are, but I don't know how it works. And he said, essentially, a person that is in the administration reaches out to another person that they believe would be a good fit for the administration. And it can go from there. And he said, when we met, I just saw something and I felt like you'd be great for the administration. The president has been reelected. Are you interested in learning more? Are you interested in talking? And so... I have to admit, Travis, I was a little hesitant. And the reason why is because I had just taken this role to run this foundation, right? right? right. I, in the role I said, so I was kind of like, mm. so I went home and talked to my husband and my husband was like, hello, this is <laughs> Barack Obama. Once in a lifetime, the, yeah. Right, the very first African-American president. Yes, you are interested in learning more. Yeah. <laughs> So I called him back and I say, yeah, I'm interested in finding out more. And so over the next couple of weeks, he and I just began to speak more. And he he eventually revealed to me that the position that he was recruiting me for or interested in recruiting me for was his very position. 
So he was an appointee and had been with the administration. He had started in the first term and was ready to move on. And I was like, wow. So I flew out to D.C. and I met with the president's personnel office. I met with all of the political leadership at the U.S. Small Business Administration. And then I went back to D.C. and they said, okay, we'll we'll get back to you. And then over the next couple of months, you know, they asked for more information and I was offered the position. And what was really amazing about all of this is because that initial position that he was trying to get me to apply for, that initial career federal employee position, actually, once I was appointed to this new role, actually reported to me. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so he was initially trying to recruit me to work for him, you know, in a leadership role. And uh-huh. I eventually took his role and that position was now reporting to me, wow. which is kind of amazing when you think about it. Oh, yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, That work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Well, since this is Build Your Network, where we talk about building relationships and networking and all that kind of stuff, how important and how crucial do you think your ability to build relationships, how crucial do you think that was to you getting that position offered to you? Wow. You know, business is all about relationships at the end of the day. And I think that's it. Because what... This man, what I think is amazing about it, it was a man who did this. And so what I think is amazing is this man had a professional career for decades before he met me, right? And I'm sure in that time he had met people who probably could have fulfilled the role as well. But 
after having just one, you know, two encounters with me, face-to-face encounters, he remembered me. I was at the top of his mind. And that only happened because I went up to Colorado Springs, I approached him, and I introduced myself to him. And so, you know, how you come off in relationships, people do business with people that they like. I think it's only because of that my kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone, going out there Mm -hmm. to meet with him, introducing myself and presenting myself as just being open even is the reason why I ended up in that role. So do you believe that, that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Yes, I do. And it's because I've observed it, you know, truthfully, I'm a person who values doing great work and doing a good job and performing at your best. But I've also observed in this world of business that you can have a person who is a stellar employee, right? A stellar in their profession. But if that person does not get out and make people aware of of them and who they are, then they're not able to move up into the ranks of their profession or in their business or in their industry because they're not putting themselves out there. And then you have people who are always out there and they're mediocre, but they're getting business because they're making themselves available and they're putting themselves out there. So yeah, I do believe that, you know, who you know is ranks very high. Ultimately, yeah. Uh, That's kind of leads me to my next question. So when you look at that position, did you feel when you were appointed that position, did you feel like you were underqualified to be there? Like, did you feel like, oh man, why isn't that guy doing this? Why isn't that girl doing this? You know what? I have to say, I do this all the time. I always underestimate, I think I underestimate myself Hmm. often because on the one hand, from a knowledge base, I was qualified. I mean, I ran the number one SVDC in the nation. It was named the number one in the nation. So kind of taking this to a whole nother level, running, you know, overseeing that program, plus a number of other ones. Mm -hmm. From that standpoint, I did feel like I was qualified where I felt like I wasn't necessarily qualified was on the politics side, Mm -hmm. on the political savviness, because that wasn't my background. And I wondered, you know, could I do this? In fact, when I was kind of starting to interview for the role, I had gone online just to do some research and seeing kind of what my predecessor, some of the things he had done. And one of the things that he had done was he had to testify before Congress. And if you've seen any of those testimonies, they can be kind of intimidating and hostile. I'm sure. <laughs> and so I'm looking at that. I was like, I don't know if I could do that. Can I do that? You know, I don't think I could do that. So, yeah, I was nervous and doubtful of my abilities and on, in, on one level. And so but you know what? We do it. We make it happen. Right, right. Was there like a specific mindset that you adopted to help yourself? We call that the imposter syndrome is is what I call that. And I'm I'm sure you've heard that term before. Was there any like specific mindset shifts that helped you overcome that and made you just think, you know what, I can do this? Or was it just like, you know what, I'm going to get in and do my dead level best to make this happen? Yeah, I feel like honestly, Travis, I feel like I suffer from the imposter syndrome all the time, yeah. you know, and sometimes I kick myself because I'm like, come on, Tamika, you're past this. You've kind of gotten the credentials where you need to be over it. Mm-hmm. But you know what I do? I just 
press forward. And, you know, initially I used to say, I'll just fake it till I make it. Yeah. Because, you know, going back to the beginning, when I started that business incubator, I had never started a business incubator before. Right. You know, I was like, sure, I could do that. Well, that's I start a business incubator. This was in 2001, never having done that type of thing before. And I was like, well, I'm going to fake it until I make it. And, you know, one thing I know is that I'm going to go out and figure things out. Right. And so... Right. Yeah. Well, that just that sort of speaks to the mindset. I think mindset is everything, and overcoming the imposter syndrome in that specific sphere, I think mindset is the first step. Because if you don't believe that you can do it, then you can't do it. You know. But if you do believe that you can do it, then you can do it. So it's literally everything that starts in the mind and helps you actually overcome whatever situation or obstacle you perceive to be in front of you, even if it's not there actually. You know. But uh, anyway, getting back to the relationship building part of it, this whole story was basically just one long thing about how connecting with other people is ultimately the most important thing. So if you were talking to each listener of the show right now, individually, and you were going to give them one tip, just boiling it down to one thing that they can take home tomorrow and practice in their everyday life, one tip on networking, Tamika, what would it be? One tip. It would be just to consistently on a daily basis, reach out, Hmm. reach out and just strengthen those relationships. And the reason why I say that is because I think it's easy for us to neglect relationships. And what I have found is that people that you've met along your journey, they want to keep abreast of what you're doing And they can all feed into your future success. You know what I mean? So you can't segment them out. Like for me, I'm from Colorado. I can't just forget about my people from Colorado and say, well, that was the Colorado chapter. So no longer, you know, connecting with them. Because in fact, since leaving the administration, you know, I've had the opportunity during the administration and now no longer in the administration to be asked to speak, speaking engagements. And it's been some of the people that I know from Colorado that have reached out to me and say, hey, we have this speaking engagement. We'd love to have you come back to Colorado and deliver remarks here or be a keynote here. Hmm. And that's because I've stayed connected to those individuals. So reach out and continue to reach out and then follow up with the people that are already in your network. And I think that's one huge part, which I'm glad that you brought that up. I think that's a huge part of networking that a lot of people forget about is they'll go create a ton of new relationships and always work on creating new relationships, but they don't do anything to foster the relationships that they've created. So they always end up with like the same size network because people come in and then leave. And then you haven't talked to somebody in, you know, all of a sudden six years, and then you don't really have a relationship with that person anymore. And so I think it's equally as important to follow up with the relationships that you're building as it is to go out and build new relationships. Tamika, throughout your career, how important have like mentorships or mastermind settings or incubators been for you? Yeah, I would say mentors have been really important. And I would say, you know, not even necessarily like a formal mentoring relationship where, you know, where you've said to them, would you be my mentor? And, you know, you kind of formalized it but rather just having relationships with individuals and reaching out to them and asking them 
for advice. I do that all the time, Hmm. all the time. People in my past, in fact, you know, I understand that for many people, it's, you know, some people can feel intimidated about reaching out to a person who has had a certain level of success Mm -hmm. that maybe they would aspire to. And so when I was running the Small Business Development Center in Denver, I actually created this thing called the Main Street Mentor Walk, because I wanted to create a way for business aspiring and and small business owners to be able to identify and connect with mentors who have built successful businesses. And so we created this, I had this idea and created this Main Street Mentor Walk, which essentially, if you think about a 5K, You know, Colorado is considered one of the healthiest states in the nation, and we like outdoors. And so instead of running a 5K, what we did was we paired up startup and early stage business owners with existing business owners. And instead of running a 5K, they walked and talked. And so what we did was we opened the door to developing a mentoring relationship. And those relationships that people develop really helped them. And they were so thankful for that opportunity. And so, you know, having a person that you can reach out to at any time just to run a couple of questions by is so important. So for somebody out there thinking, yes, I want to do that, but I'm, you know, afraid or I'm intimidated because this person's reached this level and I want to try to get there and I aspire to be like them. What if they don't say something back or what if they don't have time? What would you say to somebody who's fearful of reaching out. Just do it. <laughs> do you think that that's like a personality thing or do you think that can be learned? Oh, most definitely learned. Most definitely learned. Yeah. You know, that's like when I think about the podcast that I'm doing is about raising kids with an entrepreneurial mindset. You know, people say our entrepreneurs born or made, mm. you know, I think it's a little bit of both. You have talents that make you more suitable Apt. toward yeah. for entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. but you can learn it as well. And so Technically, I think, you know, I've taken those personality tests. I'm an introvert. Yeah, so am I. So am I. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So see, and look at what we're doing, you know. And so I understand the value of getting out and, and connecting with people. And I think that a lot of it is really pushing through your fear because the truth of the matter is, is, yeah, you may have some people who won't respond back and won't be receptive. Mm -hmm. But what I have found is that most often and more often than not, people are like, sure, you know, yeah, let's meet up. Let's have a cup of coffee and let's chat. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just do it is, I mean, you just, you just got to do it. You got to get out of your comfort zone. The best things in life happen outside of your comfort zone. And even if you're not totally confident, like Mm -hmm. how do you expect to get confident? You know what I mean? Right. The only way to get confident is something is to do it. (laughs) You have to be consistent enough to be able to earn that confidence that allows you to ask the next person. I still get people that turn me down all the time. You know, when I ask them to be a guest, I just reached out to somebody like yesterday day before, and I got a good recommendation from somebody, got a good intro from somebody. And he was a big influencer that I wanted to try to get on my show. And I, then I reached out after that I'd already been introduced and stuff. And, and he was like, you know, man, I, I just don't have time right now. Thanks. And I was like, 
all right, whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I then yeah. I message like three other people and ask them to come on the show. You know, some people are just going to say no and you have to just forget about it move on to the next one and realize that people are busy too, especially like when you're trying to break into some of these other circles of just big influencers, their time is so valuable. You know, some people have ignored me. Some people have said no. Some people have said, hit me up when you're like more popular. Like, you know, there's, mm -hmm. I've gotten a variety of responses, but in the end, if you ask enough people, it only takes a couple to be able to start opening up doors for more of those types of people to enter into your life. I really, really love the conversation here to me. I'm sure we could talk about this for a really long time. We've got to move on to something I like to call the random round, which is basically just a few quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yeah. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Oh, gosh. You know what? I think it might be kind of fascinating to be like a criminal psychologist or psychiatrist. Hmm. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Frederick Douglass, because I think he is amazing what he did, what he came out of and the fire that he had to abolish slavery and to speak about it boldly while being a fugitive, essentially, I think is amazing. How do you like to learn best books, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Books and podcasts. Tell me one of your favorite books that you've read recently and one of your favorite podcasts that you listen to a lot. Obviously, minus yours and Build Your Network. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> a book that I really enjoyed was The One Thing by Gary Keller. Such a great book, yeah. Yeah. And then the podcast that I really enjoy, one of them is Snap Judgment. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. So I wake up around 5 a.m., sometimes 4.30, and I go to the gym, so spend some time working out. Then I come home, eat, have devotion with my family, and then I get to work. What is your go-to pump-up song? My go-to pump-up song is Mary J. Blige's Fine. What are you not very good at? I cannot sing. All right, as we get everything wrapped up here, Tamika, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? Yes, you can find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, okay. So Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Okay, which one do you spend the most time on, do you think? You know, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. Okay, and just first and last name, Tamika Montgomery? Yep, Tamika okay. Montgomery. So if you're listening, head over to Facebook, type Tamika Montgomery in the search bar. Tamika is T A M. E-K-A, last name Montgomery, and reach out, send her a message, say what's up, and I'm sure she'll be happy to connect with you there. Tamika, thanks so much for coming on the show. I had a blast talking to you. Thank you, Travis. Thank you so much, and I look forward to staying connected. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies, and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.